c'est vrai. Je suis un ananas. Now, in the uh, towers of uh, Edmonton... I'm not a Tory. I don't speak on both sides. I do not use crack cocaine, nor am I an addict of crack cocaine. <laughs> okay, so um, welcome back to Fat French and Fabulous. We are your hosts, uh, Jessica and Janelle. Uh, my name is not a question this week, which, again, depending on the order that we air these episodes in, might not make sense yet. <laughs> um, so It will all become clear in time. Yeah, you'll just have to marathon these things to, to go back and get the jokes, which is great. That's, that's what everybody <laughs> wants to do with their free time. Play we are professionals. Podcast on a loop. <laughs> yeah. Just think our... of them as Easter eggs. <laughs> Easter it's just fuck ups that we made by accident when we aired things out of order. Um That's that's <laughs> what most fan theories are built on. They're built on fuck ups caused by the by the creators not knowing what the hell they were doing. Oh great. This is our uh this is our first distance podcast recording. We are not in the same city right now. Yes, uh, I'm coming to you not very live from Grand Prairie, Alberta, my oh, parents' house. You poor thing. <laughs> poor Jessica has been, she's stuck in Grand Prairie. Um, <laughs> I'm still recording from downtown Edmonton, but it's tripping the shit out of me to like watch the recording as it goes and just see these long pauses where I'm like, fuck, Jessica's talking, it's not recording, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, um... I, I would like to specify for the record that I'm not trapped in Grand Prairie. I can leave anytime I want, insofar as I do not mind walking. <laughs> Isn't, like, everybody technically trapped in Grand Prairie? Like, the, the more you say that you're not trapped, the more it sounds like you have elaborate citywide Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, like, recently I read a press release released by the mayor of Grand Prairie, Bill Given, and it specified... He dated my sister at one point, by the way. Just what? FYI. Just weird. It's not that in, small in high of a town. Ew. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this okay. is the older sister. And it, yeah, just, just, just odd. It's just an odd coincidence. Anyway. Yeah. I, I have connections. Gross. I have connections in is the city of Is that a connection that you want, though? Not really. But no. the... The the, the 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 city the government of the city protested our placement in the top ten of McLean's most dangerous cities because technically we have a very high temporary population due to the oil fields so we have a much higher violent crime rate than our actual population due to the fact that the census does not adequately represent how big Grand Prairie really is. That sounds like the worst technical defense ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's not a good excuse. <laughs> it's not. That just sounds like, oh shit. How do we agree ourselves? I've heard you guys um, have the most liquor stores per capita in Canada, which is just that like, wouldn't it's like a cry for help if I've ever heard one. It's, it, it's it you honestly, guys in Red Deer. It it honestly wouldn't surprise me because I grew up, and this is the house in where I, which I grew up, and when I was growing up, uh, we were down the street from a liquor depot, across from a liquor depot, down uh, a block away from another liquor depot. <laughs> They're not oh, even like different God. liquor stores, it's the same <laughs> brand. Yeah, but that's, anyway. that's, a, that's a chain store. That, I've <laughs> never actually seen an entire city make a cry for help. Anyway, like, uh... <laughs> Mayor Bill Given would like to announce Something? Uh, <laughs> Mayor Bill Given would like to announce for the record that we have a perfectly proportional amount of violent crime. <laughs> the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> That's all that sounds like to me. We have a perfectly proportional number of stabbings and kidnappings. We're fine, okay? My penis is perfectly average. Like that's just what it sounds like to me. It's just you sound like a kettle when you laugh. Oh my god! <laughs> you should see a doctor. Holy shit! That's that's because I've been screaming for help too much. That's right. It's that, just... I was like, you didn't sound like that when you were here. I don't think. Yeah, I just, I just, I wander out into the street 
uh, every hour on the hour and scream. That's it's just, a tradition here in northern Alberta. City, when, the, when the bells go off, you all just stop what you're doing and stumble out to curse the unloving god that left you there. Yeah, we just we just wander out and howl. We're gonna get howl, a lot howl of, into like, the void. Just howl into the void. We're gonna get a lot of like hate mail this week from <laughs> specifically from Grand Prairie, Alberta. Just from the mayor. We are hated just by the a mayor. perfectly proportional number of podcasts. I've never been to Grand Prairie, and I probably won't go. <laughs> not not even to rescue you. <laughs> it's five hours north of here. You're gonna have to find your own way back. Start walking. <laughs> I'm gonna lose a toe or something. <laughs> I'm gonna have to fight a fight a badger or wolverine. This is just the Canadian experience, I think. Um, but we speaking... are also the major nesting ground of swans, which are terrible birds. How do you have swans and we don't? I'm kind of outraged, actually. We're the Swan City. We just happen to have planted our city on top of a major swan breeding ground. That's. Awful. Okay, well, we've been shitting on Grand Prairie for almost six solid minutes. <laughs> I mean, we could go on. We could go on. But speaking of people who abandoned, maybe escaped from their lives, uh, it's a Janelle week this week. Excellent. Yay. Who's we've... been murdered this week? Well, maybe somebody. We're doing a missing persons case. And this is going to be a good one because the more I've read about this case, and at this point I have read and watched and listened obsessively about this case... Uh, the more I'm convinced that Maura Murray, the young lady we're about to talk about, was abducted by fucking aliens. Like, that's the only <laughs> thing. I don't know, man. I have, I've read so much about this case, and it's, it's, it's gotta be aliens. Um, so we're talking about Maura Murray. Maura Murray was a 21-year-old nursing student from the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Amherst? Amherst? Amherst. I'm gonna go with Amherst. Final answer. No matter what you say, someone will take issue Someone's going to take issue just, with it. Just move on. I'm going to move along. Okay. When she can't please so she everybody. Was, yeah, yeah, I don't I can't I can't please anybody. <laughs> That's story oh, now, of my life. Now we're sad. Uh, so she was 21 years old when she disappeared from the scene of a car crash in New Hampshire on February 9th, 2004 under mysterious circumstances. So right now, as of the time of recording, she's been gone for a little over 13 years. Depending on, like, when you're listening and, like, again, in what order we air these episodes. <laughs> it's it's going to be a sticking point. Like, the sooner we get this sorted out, the better this is going to be. Um, but the case hasn't gotten yeah any less weird over the last 13 years. See, and it's confusing because, like, how mysterious is she was in a car accident? Just wait. Just wait. It's bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> um, you might actually recognize this case from Crack.com, which is because I wrote about it because I'm obsessed with this case. Um, but with the, with my word limits on crack.com, I didn't even get to touch on like half of the weird details about this case. I barely scratched the surface. Yeah. I bet you cracked it wide open. That's bad. Don't but talk to me anymore. No, I'm going to hang up on you. <laughs> As you should. That As was should. terrible. That was really bad. I expect better. Um, so before the disappearance, just to get it out there, Mora had no history of mental illness or strange behavior up until the days and weeks before the accident. Um, so Mora was originally, uh, a college student at West Point Academy, which, like, is a big deal. <laughs> they, they don't, they mm, take a certain yes. type of student. Those are not, that's not your, like, raunchy college, I mean, they probably are. I bet there's some weird shit that goes down at West Point. Um, I, I bet the weirdest shit goes down actually, at West true. Point. Actually, that's true. Probably the weirdest shit goes down at West Point. But she, that was where she started out, intending to follow in the footsteps of her older sister, Julie, who's in the military. Um, or it was 13 years ago. I don't, I didn't actually look up her sister's Facebook or anything. I'm not, I, I have limits. <laughs> we need the truth. Julie, where are you? Oh my God. So after three semesters, Maura decided the military was not for her, or I don't know, she was just tired of weird West Point sex parties. And she transferred to the University of Massachusetts. She just couldn't handle the chanting. <laughs> left, right, left, right, left. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were talking about, like, weird sex party chanting, like, some eyes wide open shit with masks. <laughs> I mean, the military has just has a lot of chants, and they probably don't air out the weirder ones. I was gonna say, for a minute, I was like, well, I think we had vastly different college experiences. 
We probably did. We, we probably did. School. I don't understand. I didn't go outside ever. That is. I specifically true. planned my life at the University of Alberta so I would never have to go outside. No, and when I is, did, I didn't true. bother changing. I know. Pajamas I've, and bare feet. I was gonna say I've seen you walking around the U of A campus in February in bare feet. It is actually like medically astounding that you have all of your original toes. I mean, like a let. I have all nine I was born with. And <laughs> excellent. <laughs> and 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 weirdly enough, like we have a we have a Facebook page overheard heard at U Alberta. Yeah. And y- your You're roommate ends up on it all the time, oh, but yeah. I have not as far as I'm not? aware. Are you I've weird? never married it on it. Oh, there was a weird barefoot girl one year, but I guess it's not you. Yeah, it was someone else. Oh shit. It was someone else. She stole your thunder. She's like I <laughs> I've been doing this for years. I I I was I was walking around in the dangerous tundra of Edmonton without a single shred of fabric on my vulnerable extremities before I was it was cool. born in the barefoot, molded by it. You merely <laughs> adopted the darkness. <laughs> okay, that's great. Back to Mora. <laughs> so Mora, as far as I know, wore shoes to school. Um, but her friends described- she wasn't that weird. She wasn't quite that weird. Her friends described her as conscientious, driven, high-achieving, and shy but free-spirited, whatever the fuck that means. Um, she was a gifted- that's, that's, a, that's a great old bit for somebody who just mysteriously dies. Yeah, that's- I mean, what- I mean, all of this shit was said after the fact. She had already been mysteriously disappeared, so I guess you gotta say nice shit about her in case she comes back. Um, you know, like, if you ever want to be well thought of, uh, die, die young- Oh Preferably my God. get assassinated. I was going to say be nice to people. <laughs> Holy shit, Jessica. That doesn't work nearly as well. Oh my God. We need to check on you more often. Maura Murray was a gifted athlete. She was on the college track team. Um, she had no history of academic problems right up to the day she disappeared. And she actually made the dean's list the semester before she vanished. So the first strange thing that happens... What a goody too she is. <laughs> we hate her. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's, she's, she could be listening. Um... <laughs> Um, she was she was an accomplished she young woman. Listens. Okay, I'm gonna regret this. Um, so the first sign of something odd with Mora came up about three months before she disappeared. So in November of 2003, she was actually arrested for using a stolen credit card to purchase fast food, mostly Domino's pizza. Her charges were eventually dropped after three months of good behavior. So what an embarrassing thing to get arrested for. I mean, college kids are buying broke, I guess. Domino's. <laughs> Ew. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that at was least the crime. Buy something I think classy with your stolen credit card. I don't. I don't think buying Domino's is the crime. I think it's the stolen credit card. But I could be wrong. <laughs> the laws are different here up north. <laughs> I mean, we have Domino's pizza. I mean, for all the people say about it, it's it's made it to Canada. So good job. So things for Mora got a lot weirder in the week that she disappeared. So on February 5th, this is now four days before she disappears, she was working a shift for her job with campus security. And basically what her job was, was like to sit at the front desk of a dorm building. I'm pretty sure like every dorm building had this except for mine. You could just break into my college dorm literally with minimal effort. If you pulled the door hard enough, the lock came undone. Um, So schools that weren't um, mine my liberal arts college in New Brunswick, um, have somebody sitting at the front desk who checks student IDs as students come in. It just, you come in, they ask you for your ID to make sure that you're like not some stranger wandering off the street to kill us all. My dorm was a fast food court first and a dorm second. You did. I could, I always found your dorm room by its proximity to like Mucho Burrito, I think. Yeah, I was between the Thai place and the burrito place. That's true. Your apartment smelled like noodles for like three and a half years. Always. (laughs) Always. Always. I am now incapable of smelling noodles and refried beans because that was all my life was for five years. like war flashbacks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like every time, every time I I see salsa, I just <laughs> like the world goes gray and shakes. I assume you just had to burn all of your clothing, basically, basically. basically. So Mora at this dorm was having a slow night, and at ten twenty p.m., she called her sister Kathleen, which was something that she did every night, and they chatted about her sister's latest tiff with her fiance, something pretty normal. And Kathleen reports it was a super normal conversation. And then at some point after she hung up, 
Um, and I've, I've read a lot of sources on this. So some people say that it's like minutes after she hung up. Some people say it was three hours after she hung up. I've never found like the definitive source on this night. But um, one, some amount of time, some not amount a of day time later. after within the same shift, Mora burst into inconsolable crying at her desk. And the supervisor was the one who found her and reported that Mora was just staring straight ahead into empty space with an empty with a, a nursing book open in front of her. And she said, I don't know how to explain it. She was just completely zoned out. No reaction at all by the time the supervisor finds her. And and she's crying, apparently. The supervisor so couldn't... Yeah, I don't... Perfectly normal until one day, uncontrollable sobbing in catatonia. Yeah, which, I mean, is sort of the college experience, but most people don't go missing from car accidents. Uh, yeah, like, that's that's just, like, <laughs> a normal say, loss. That's just sort of a normal... I Yeah, I mean... Like, you're fine, you're fine, and then you're crying. And then you're, and then you're not fine. <laughs> and then you're not fine. You're not fine And at then all. you're fine again. So Mora was very much not fine. The supervisor couldn't calm her down. Mora wouldn't tell her what was wrong. And the supervisor ended up walking her back to her dorm at 1.20 a.m. Um, we never actually find out what's wrong. Nobody to this day knows what was wrong with her, what she was crying about. She just never talked about it again. Uh, and then on February 7th, this is like uh, two days later, Mora's father, who she was very, very close with, came to town to visit Mora and to take her out car shopping. And this becomes a really important point later in this appearance. Mora drove a 1996 Saturn sedan. That is a hot fucking car. Um, wow. Woo, with mechanical problems. So it was down to just three cylinders. <laughs> oh, which yeah, like, mechanical problems. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't drive, but I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to have a car with three cylinders. And the car was in such shitty shape that she'd been avoiding driving it. She had been, like, walking and borrowing other people's cars. And that's Thanks, actually... Dad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's actually the car she ends up disappearing from. So that's that's what makes no sense about this. So her, her and her father, on the 5th, went out to a car place, and they selected a three-year-old Geo Prism, which I don't know what that is. That is that a car? I assume that's a car. It sounds like a spaceship. It does. It sounds like a Mars rover. A Geo Prism. Prism with a Z. Prism with a Z. Ooh, with Ooh. a Z. <laughs> Stylish. Ooh. This is all again. This is two thousand four. I guess we. I guess we gave cars shitty names in two thousand one. Cars have always had shitty names. It's just that the car names that were less shitty survive. That's true. This is what happens when you try to name things as a committee. So like. What is the excuse for the cube continuing to be a car? I don't know. The existence of cube confuses me because in order for them to continue existing, at least one person must have bought one. Oh, and I know people that point, who own the cube. At least one person must have thought it was a good idea for them to exist. <laughs> oh, they're kind of cute. Insulting the cube. Um, oh, I'm going to get so many defenders of the cube. Yeah, on my actually, case. I, think, I think there's going to be more. They're going to drive me into hiding. Oh no! <laughs> I think I think Grand Prairie folks are going to be the most upset. Um, I'm going to wake up to a mob of of, of cube loving Grand Prairieites. They can't make the trip. It's a five hour trip. That's a long time to sit in a cube. You're fine. And nobody in Grand Prairie owns a cube. I feel confident no one. saying that. No one. I've never there may been have there. been one person who once owned a cube, and they're not they're not here anymore. They speak of him in stories and legends in the pubs. <laughs> they sing songs of his life. Once there was a man who owned a cube. Excellent. Um, <laughs> but anyway, whatever Geo Prism is, she would have owned it the following week if she hadn't vanished. Which makes her disappearance even stranger. So her and her father that night went out for dinner with one of her friends. And then afterwards, her dad headed back to his hotel room. And he offered Mora his brand new Toyota Corolla. Fancy shit. Ooh. Yeah, for the evening. And he told her that he didn't need it back till the next morning. Mora went to a party that evening in her dorm, in somebody's dorm room. There's a lot of stuff about the party, by the way. If you're If you're one of those people who's like, really wants to get into this case, there's a lot of conspiracy slash police theories involving what went down at this party. You just um, want all the gossip on a party that happened 13 years ago? Yeah. You can you can hit this up. There are, there are whole blogs Hot. dedicated to like what may or may not have gone down at this party, but I can't get into any of it because I already have nine fucking pages of notes for this. <laughs> Seriously, my average episode is five pages of notes. I made it to nine and I was like, I have to call it. This is too much. I'm going way too far down the rabbit hole. Um, I haven't seen my family. 
I haven't eaten for days. What am I wearing? Yeah, my mom calls me and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I've been in my, I'm wearing the same clothes I was wearing three days ago. I'm looking up pictures of a dead girl from 13 years ago. What's up? <laughs> it's healthy. I need all the deets on this party where like, at least a sizable chunk of them are now like, Having midlife crises and, and yeah, that's true. Dodge Everybody, sedans. Everyone in this party, everyone involved in this situation, would now be in their late thirties. But um, yeah, so Mora, I did note that she, at this party she drank vodka mixed with wine, and I can't remember if that's because it was mm. mentioned in all the sources or because I just thought that was gross. <laughs> it could be, uh, yeah, because like, because like my initial <laughs> reaction to that is like, ew. It would taste like grape varnish, <laughs> just vile. <laughs> Gah. Like, fermented nail polish. Yeah, that's exactly what this tastes like. That's just disgusting. With just a sous-saw of raisin bran. <laughs> Fruity paint thinner. Uh, yeah. Um, well, what makes the party weird, though, there is some weirdness about the party that I did add, is that around 2 o'clock in the morning, she told her friends that she needed to leave to return the car to her father, which is super weird because she was drunk. And yeah. apparently, like, Mora was not the kind of person to drive drunk, apparently. And because, like... Her friend Daddy Dearest said you didn't have to bring it back. Yeah, and he said this in front of her friend. Um, mm. So there, w- there was multiple people could corroborate that like her dad had said he didn't need the car back. But she left the party at 2.30 in the morning and said that she was going to go back to her dorm room, which is really strange, um, because she had just said she was going to return the car. So she gets into her father's car at 2.30 in the morning, sets out for his motel, and then crashes the car into the guardrail on the way there so because obviously because obviously she's she's been doing she's been doing grape flavored varnish for the past couple hours and she should not be driving driving is not what the first thing you should do you should have regrettable sex no actually don't don't do that (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding um so uh this is the first car accident she'd ever been in in her entire life and is super out of character like it's hard to emphasize like how little information there is about her life up to this point because they're just wasn't anything that interesting. She yeah, she got like, all of her weird shit in in the week before she vanished. Yeah, like she's she's uh sporty, good academically, yeah, the kind a- of person who does not make news. No. Exactly. And like her her father even said like she she got a ride to her dad's motel room. She apologized profusely for damaging the car, and her father later went on record to say she was upset, but it was okay. If this is the only trouble a kid ever causes, then you're pretty lucky as a parent, which like yeah. Yeah. Sure. Basically. Yeah. Like if the I... worst thing your child has ever done is get into a fender bender with an inanimate object, you're doing okay. You're doing okay. Like I have the maternal instinct of a hedgehog, which eat their young, by the way. I'd be down with that. I'd be fine with having a kid that got into a fender bender at age 21 and nothing else. Yeah, I mean, like, the dead look in my parents' eyes when I have, like, once again come home and, like, with no idea where my passport or my birth certificate, which both of which I had on me, are, you know, they would hope for that kind of that kind of offspring. <laughs> I forgot about that. You did the, You did do that. You You lost all your documents. Yes. <laughs> there is somebody out there who's just like, like who's, who's just like <laughs> who's a very happy Jessica Peugeot. There's a there's a fake Jessica Peugeot running so around. Much, yeah, people don't so much steal my identity as like I just give it away. <laughs> That's great. Somebody's about Here, to really, you be Jessica Peugeot. Really you be confused. Jessica Peugeot. You are all Jessica Peugeot. So we don't know which Jessica Peugeot is actually on this podcast. There could be six of you out there. Uh, I the just like we, we just trade back and forth every week. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's if there's any inconsistencies in this podcast, it's identity theft. It's, it's not us. <laughs> the real the real secret to success in the podcasting world is identity theft. Excellent. 100%. That's perfect. I'm Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> perfect. I'm not at all. We're still I'm Ezra Klein. Excellent. Oh god. You don't sound like Ezra Klein. <laughs> <laughs> That's because no matter what no matter what I do with my voice, I always just sound a little bit like Winston Churchill. <laughs> you do, actually. It's a little spooky. So February, I guess it's now February 6th. So at 4.49 a.m., the night of this accident, she calls her boyfriend, Billy, who's an army lieutenant she met at West Point. He tries to console her about the accident, and he later reported that she sounded preoccupied and appeared to have something other than the accident on her mind. Although, again, this is all testimony we're getting after she disappeared, so God knows. Um... 
everybody yeah, I've, it's 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 hard when you are witness to something because you sort of backfill in yeah and you read a lot more into things that happened even though initially you would have completely ignored them because they wouldn't have tipped you off at all yeah exactly and also like the internet suspects Literally everybody I've mentioned so far of killing Mora. So there's that. Everyone. Or of helping everyone. her to orchestrate her Billy, the dad. Literally Billy, the Julie. dad. And the friend that she got dinner Kathleen. with with her father. Like everybody's a suspect. I'm a suspect. You're, we're both suspects. We would have been, I would have been 12 when this happened. <laughs> and I would have been somewhat older than 12 <laughs> yeah also like in Alberta Canada but I still pulled that shit off so on February 9th this is the last weird incident before the day she disappears her father rented a car because his car had been guard railed and left town for a work engagement and he spoke to Maura for the very last time at 11.30 that night when he called her to remind her to pick up accident forms from the local vehicle registry she, call, she promised that she would call him the following evening to go over the forms together, and she never did. Um, so that's that's the week she had before she disappeared. When she just, And that's a rough week. It's that a, rough is a week. rougher week it's, than she's probably ever had in her life. But looking at it all, it's just like, she's got a loving dad. Her, yeah. sis, she, her sister and her talk every night. Yeah, she's got two sisters, and she, she's apparently close to both of them. Yeah, like, loving family, good school life, a lot of friends. Yeah, like, it's a rough week, but it's not enough of a week that you'd think, like, it's yeah. it's not like It's not like the Joker's hypothetical, like, one bad day can turn you into a villain. This is not her it's, Superman, this is not her, like, superhero origin story. No, like, this is just a rough week in a normally smooth life. Yeah. And what's interesting is that her family doesn't think that any of these incidents in the week after her disappearance had any connection. Whether the police agree or not is is up for debate. But they personally don't think that they think this is all just a weird coincidence. I'm not sure. But it doesn't seem like enough of a bad week to drive somebody over the edge. Like if, yeah, like, if I drunk drove my dad's Corolla into a guardrail, I'm sure I'd feel pretty shitty about it. But I'm not sure that I would literally abandon my entire life and everyone I've ever known. You know? Yeah, like, that's, especially if you have no previous history of mental illness, because, like, I have really bad anxiety, and if I did that, like, I would seriously consider, like, disappearing and letting no one else, no one ever know my true name, but that's not a rational reaction. So, like, if you ever disappear, what you're telling me is that, like, maybe you were kidnapped, but maybe you also said thanks, you too, to, like, the movie clerk when he asked you to enjoy the movie. Yeah, and I just I just disappeared into the night. Yeah, you said something weird to a cashier, and now you're just gone. <laughs> you're gonna reappear under an assumed identity in Bermuda. Yeah, like, the waitress <laughs> told me to enjoy my meal, and I said, thanks, Mom. Yeah, now you're gone. <laughs> It's good to know. Uh, so the day of the disappearance, when Mora actually vanishes, is where things get really, really fucking weird. So around midnight on February the 9th, she used her computer to look up MapQuest, which is how we know this is 2004. Um, Ooh, MapQuest. She, she went on MapQuest. Vintage. Yeah. Vintage internet. Vintage internet to look up maps around the Burlington area of Vermont. Um, Mora also made a number of phone calls on the day she disappeared, and police didn't follow up. Like, actually, all the police work in this entire case is atrocious. So if you have, like, something padded you could put down on the table in front of you, like, do so. So we don't actually know- You're gonna need it. You're gonna need it. We don't know the content of most of these phone calls, because if somebody asks you, what did you talk about with this person a year ago, the answer's gonna be, fuck if I know, like, nine times out of ten. Yeah, like- that's even if they remember that they talked to them. Yeah, I. if you asked me what I talked to, like, what my mom and I talked about on the phone two days ago, I I don't know. Yeah, like, <laughs> like if, if you ask me, like, what gone. my mom said to me two hours ago, I don't know. It's gone. They Like, the greatest thing, Facebook chat and text are, like, the greatest thing that ever happened to me because I have, like, a written record of what I said to people. Other than that, I'm just like, Pfft. So I tell, I tell everybody I've ever met the same stories over and over again because I have, like, the memory of a goldfish and I have no yeah. idea what And you can tell they're your friends because they just laugh and nod anyway. Because they just keep going. That or I'm so fucking funny that I, it's just a delight to listen to over and over again and I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> Do it for the sake of your health and for the sake of your therapy bills. I like just that you didn't that. immediately agree with me. That's great. 
friend I've done this to. I feel good now. Um, so the, the first call that we know she made was at just before 1 p.m., she phoned the owners of a rental condo. Oh, and now here's where we're going to get more angry letters. Atatash? Atatash. Atatash? We're going to go with Atatash. Atatash Resorts. Well, I can't read it for you because I don't, I can't see. You're a long, you're a long way away. This is really going to suck. You were my pronunciation guide. I mean, like, I could, I could do that, that weird thing after a projection and like try to read it over your shoulder, but... I don't know how fast spirits move. I don't know the spirit speed of ghosts. If you can astral project, uh, making a podcast is like literally the worst use of your time possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else would you use it for. You can't rob a bank. You're you're invisible and transparent. I don't know. I would just I would just check to see if Donald Trump really does tweet on the toilet. I think that'd be my like step number one. I, I think I'm better off not knowing again for my therapy bills if that is true. <laughs> true enough. Also, he definitely does. He definitely does. So you can probably time his bowel movements by when he tweets. Oh God, he's a seven-year-old man. Oh Jesus. So whatever the con, whatever the resort is called, however you pronounce it, you're con- welcome for that image. No, you're welcome. No, I will never forgive you. My, Kiss my feet. Descendants will haunt yours. <laughs> <laughs> Me actually having descendants. Your might. I don't know. Your your brother will. But uh, she calls this resort in New Hampshire, in Bartlett, New Hampshire. And her family had actually stayed at this resort before, but never in that particular rental condo. I don't fully understand this, but they had stayed in the area at that resort, but never in the particular condo that she was inquiring about. The conversation lasted three minutes. And this was the sort of condo that you had to book well in advance because it was 2004 and they would actually mail you the keys. So you couldn't book it last minute. Uh, You had to wait for the U.S. Postal Service. To give you keys. Um, which is sending... Like, I wouldn't send keys over Canada Post. Maybe they have more trust in the U.S. Postal Service. Um, the owners don't remember how the conversation went. They don't remember what she said to her. But they do know that they don't... They didn't rent to her. Probably, they think, because of the key issue. She just didn't give them enough time. Mm. She called a fellow nursing student at 1.13 p.m. Possibly to arrange to give her scrubs to this student. Um, her family says she was possibly returning scrubs that she had borrowed... But again, the police waited a scrub year. Scrub adjacent. It was, it was a scrub adjacent conversation. And since we waited a year to find out what it was about, scrub we, we don't know. We don't. We just don't know. Um, we do know, though, that at 2.05, she made a call, a five-minute call to Go Stowe, which is a hotel booking service for Stowe, Vermont. Um, and we do know that the service was actually down that day, so she would not have been able to book a hotel. I guess you she just... I don't get about any of this? What? Like, like any of it? Why a year? <laughs> what do you mean? Why would they wait a year to check in with these people? Is oh, it, oh, you'll see because they like, because if you go missing after the age of eighteen, they just don't look that hard for you until it's too late. It's like whatever, it's fun. They they just assume that you ran off to, like, to start a new life. I guess she just like had a car accident in the middle of the woods. It's probably okay. She lived like between in the in those intervening years between like. When we started to take child disappearances seriously after the disappearance of Adam Walsh and like the advent of Facebook. So it's sort of like as an adult, they're just sort of like, meh, but you ran off. You know, and like, it, it's it's weird thinking about this, like living in the information age we do now. Yeah. Because we just, we know where people are. We can't, All the time. You don't have a situation where... You you haven't talked to somebody for a couple years, so you just have no idea where they're living, if they've got married, or if they or how many kids they have. You you don't we don't have that. You know, yeah, exactly. But, but like, if you went back ten years ago, like that's very different. And if you go back ten years after before that, it's it, like the further and further you go back, like back in my grandma's day. Oh, uh, somebody left town. Just, they were dead to you forever. Yeah, like. People could just leave, and you just might never hear from them again. And, like, where did they go? Maybe they moved to the next town over. Maybe they were eaten by badgers. You don't know. You don't know. We'll just just never know. Yeah. And, like, like, frankly, you're so busy defending your own children from the badgers, you don't give a fuck. And can you imagine, like, crossing the ocean in that day and age? It's just like, 
bye guys, I'm literally oh, never going to see you again, and you'll never know what happened to me. Yeah, you just didn't get too attached to people 150 years ago, Yeah, I that guess. happened to my great aunt. Just everybody was temporary. Oh yeah, my she god. Yeah, just, she just left one day, and then nobody knew what happened to her, and that's, yeah. <laughs> like, did they ever find out? No, no, no one knows what happened to her. No, you just have, you just have a missing aunt? I just have aunt? a missing great aunt. That's going to be my next episode, like, what the fuck happened to Jessica's aunt? <laughs> No, like, it's it's weird, though, like, how far back technologically 2004 is. Because, like, I remember 2004. I thought it was pretty great. Yeah. Flip I mean, phones. I was 12, so actually every, it hurts to be alive. But, like, technologically, I felt pretty good. I had a Motorola Razor flip phone. That was probably around the same you know, time every- I got a phone. Actually, no, Shale got a phone. Yeah. And then, like, occasionally I was lent Shale's phone. We had MapQuest, and I think Blockbuster was still around. Like, not was, as bad. What a time to be alive. Not half the, bad. The but peak like, of civilization today, at just, that point. Oh, by by today's standards, though, it was like smoke signals and the cave Stone Age. Yeah, I mean, like Foursquare has come and gone in the time between our advances in stalking people are just incredible. Oh, absolutely. I know every Jessica Pijou on the planet, and I'm I'm waiting for my chance. I'm gonna take them out. I'm gonna be the only one. I was gonna say, to do what? To start a cult of Peugeot? Like, what are you doing? Well, I mean, like, either I want to start an alliance, like, uh, a council of, of Peugeot, a Peugeot council. The High Council yes. of Peugeot? Either that, or I want to have a, like, a ten round knockout, fight to the <laughs> death. Highlander style, there can only be one. Oh. Well, that's great. The one in Burnaby better watch um, I was- I was just going to say, like, in today's day and age, if you don't answer my texts for six hours, like, I will report you missing. I... You don't really sleep, so... <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> if, if, if I, I... And I respond to my texts basically immediately. You do. You're actually very Either good Either my phone is dead, or I have... Resp- or, or I am dead. Or, 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 <laughs> or Jessica's or, dead. Or, or, or I'm dead. That's, those are the options we have. Yeah, but back then, like, you could just yeah. vanish. So... Yeah. Like, the only things we really have for sure of Mora are things that were, like, written down. Things that we have a paper copy of. So her her internet search history and her emails. Like, at some point in the day, we know that she sent her boyfriend, Billy, an email that read, I love you more, stud, which must be a reply to something. I got your messages, but honestly, I didn't feel like talking to much of anyone. I promised to call today, though. Love you, Mora. Um, she called him at... 2.18 p.m. and left him a voicemail just basically telling him that she loved him, she missed him, and that she wanted to talk to him. So pretty, like, run-of-the-mill yeah. stuff, right? Like, nothing... This isn't really... She's not flying any red flags Yeah, yet. like, if you're a conspiracy um, theorist, you're like, oh, she's she's about to kill herself. She's going to run off into the woods to make love to Bigfoot. But, like, that's the sort of thing why that Why are you people... going straight... Th- are there conspiracy theorists who think that Maura Murray is, like, having sex with There Bigfoot will be after right we now? announce this pod... The moment the idea is out there, it's going to be the new big thing. I don't... I don't... I hope <laughs> not. I can't live with that responsibility. <laughs> We're stars <laughs> now. Ready. You're gonna have to get used to it. I don't... I don't... I don't want this. I never wanted any of this. I thought this would be easier. <laughs> Mr. President, is that you? Ah, uh, you get me. <laughs> The first thing that gets really weird, though, is that she then, after she sends Billy the email, she sends her teachers an email to let them know there had been a death in the family and that she was going to be out of town for a couple of days. Obviously, this is a weird case. I probably don't have to tell you there was no death in the family. Nobody knows where this came from. Like, no one knows why she lied, why she made this up, but she com- this is complete fabrication. Yeah, and, like, obviously, you can forget, like, whether or not you had, you know, Bri or or or... You could ha- whether or not you had rye or whole wheat. F- f- on a are you? S- I was gonna. Are you struggling to name a second kind of? Bread? I don't eat a lot of it. <laughs> like I, I live. With, or do you just eat way too much rye? I, I live with a person with celiacs, and it you, eventually you just lose your grasp on these things. But anyway, you 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 can forget whether or not you ate sandwich number one or sandwich number two yesterday. But you do not forget shit like when did Aunt you know, like Aunt Janine die? You do not forget that. No, like and I mean maybe it was a really obscure relative, but I feel like somebody would have known about it. So no, like this is this is the first really strange thing she does. And then after she sends this email, she apparently meticulously packed up her dorm room. Cause when her dorm room was opened later, all of her stuff had been put in boxes and none of her posters are up on the walls. 
Um, but this is kind of disputed. So this is this is a whole thing. So police say that all of her shit being in boxes is a sign that she was planning to leave permanently. Um, but her family disagrees because this is where the West Point thing is important. So Mora was a former West Point student. And I guess that shit just kind of stays with you because like everything in her life was impeccable. Like her dorm room was always like inspection ready. She still apparently had like West Point flashbacks. Oh, I bet she um, had, I bet she had like hospital corners on her bed. I'm sure she did. I've never been able to do those. I don't. I don't actually see the. Yeah, <laughs> they're actually they're actually worse than just uh, normal sheets because they're more likely to keep uh, vermin in. What kind of fucking vermin live in your bed sheets? Uh, bed bugs. Yeah. Lots. Gross. I mean, not in my bed Who's sheets. Getting earwigs. <laughs> what year is this? I don't know. The other thing though is that Tips. UMass has this like weird academic schedule. So they have a weirdly long winter break that goes from mid December to late January. There's like a welcome back week weird. for the last week of January. That is it hella is weird. weird. I've thought this was super fucking weird. Like, how late in the school year does this school go? Yeah, and like they're we further got, like, south weeks. than us. Don't they want more summer vacation? That's what I would have thought. I was like, you guys have a like decent to fair summer. Like, we get we got four months of summer vacation in in Canada, and like half of that is just waiting for the snow to end. Yeah, like May is not pleasant one- here. <laughs> yeah, like when I was twenty-two, living in Grand Prairie, like the final snowfall was in early June. I, like, yeah, that's. But they got you don't waste that shit. No, maybe it's just too hostile in Massachusetts to drive. Like, I don't know. But they so like the whole thing is that like in a normal school she would have been mid-semester during her disappearance. But Mora actually vanished about ten days into her semester. Um, cause there was like the week of welcome, which I don't, I don't know how mandatory that is, but classes resume after that. So classes actually don't resume until early February. Um, so she had been back on campus for less than 10 days when she vanished. So she might actually just not have unpacked from her stay at home yet. Because when you're going to be home for six weeks, you, you tend to pack up all your shit. If you're a, yeah. if you're a sane human being, I'm sure I would just leave all my original garbage right where I left it. Yep. Um, Stay here. Don't move anywhere until I get back. We do know, though, that she packed all of her textbooks into her car. Um, And again, the contents of her car are... See, and even that's not weird. Like, you want to study and shit. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to vanish forever, you may as well have something to read. So the things that she packed into her car have raised, like, a lot of questions. So she packed clothing, toiletries, a toothbrush, and dental floss. And, like, when I say she packed toiletries... She packed a lot of fucking toiletries. Like, I've seen reports and stuff. That, Just a lot. Like, apparently she had, like, three bottles of shampoo in her car. Like, more than you would take for the weekend. Deeply weird. Deeply weird. Deeply Maybe weird. she had really oily hair. I don't know. But her mother says she was meticulous about never leaving home without her toothbrush and dental floss and Like, at that point, you don't need, like, at, at, with, with that much shampoo for, like, a long weekend, you, do, you no longer need water to bathe. <laughs> Just pour the shampoo in. I was gonna say, you're not even human at that point. Like, you're... You're bathing a gorilla on your on your break. Yeah, like how much? How long is your hair? How much do you have? Are you bringing a collie with you? <laughs> she didn't pack a collie, but she did pack her birth control, her cell phone charger, a Samsung travel adapter, which I had to Google because remember, kids, it's two thousand four. I didn't remember what those were. Um, she had to bring. Is that the thing you shove into the the? Yes, the that you shove into smoking the, thing? the smoke the smoking thing. Yeah, the I don't cigarette think lighter. The cigarette lighter. That's the one. I don't think we even call it that anymore. But uh, yeah, probably the cigarette not. Lighter thingy. Not enough people jig. smoke cigarettes. I, I I mean, it's weird to just think of somebody lighting a cigarette off their car. It just it doesn't compute. I'm sure you can still do it. I don't know. Maybe maybe you can just jam cigarettes into outlets on your car. Just, just just, shove it in somewhere. Just various outlets in your car. Just fill them with cigarettes. <laughs> this is why you don't drive. Um, no, you do drive. That's the scary part. <laughs> Shit. She remembers with creepy Technically, horror. I don't drive, but I can. <laughs> oh, great. Well, she also brought... But should I? Should no, I? Should. That's, That's the real question. No. I should not. That's a hard no. I should not. She also brought... I have narcolepsy. You do- oh my god. Yeah, don't drive, please. You'll die. <laughs> Um, we found that out after I got my license. Which means you probably don't have a license. <laughs> I don't like the giggling. Before you self-incriminate, we'll move on. She brought a stuffed monkey that her father had given her, and she also packed a diamond necklace from her boyfriend. Aww. I know. Hmm. That's kind of cute. 
If I was going to vanish forever, I'd probably bring something for my father. I don't know. You know, like, you can, you can, you can pawn the necklace. Oh, what do you and, do with the monkey? You hold it for the lonely nights. <laughs> oh. Or you pawn the monkey, too. But, like, you're not going to get a lot for that shit. <laughs> That's pretty hard. Sentimental <laughs> value ain't worth nothing on the streets. She can't says go buy cocaine with that house. shit. People have probably <laughs> sold, sold cocaine outside of my ha- parents' house. I don't know. They sure yell a lot. <laughs> you just have drunk, cranky neighbors. Suburban Grand Prairie is is a weird mix of drug de- dealers and elk. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no roads. There's no city council. It's just drug dealers and elk in that order. The occasional moose. So what are your family? Are your parents drug dealers or are they elk? They're drug dealing elk. <laughs> Perfect. You're as Grand Prairie as they get. Well, we'll go back. We'll go back to more. But around, uh, so around 3.30 in the afternoon, Mora gets into her car with her stuffed monkey and she leaves campus for the last time. So from there, and this is, again, she was just determined to make the, her last day as weird as fucking possible. She goes to an ATM and she withdraws $280, which was all the money in her account. What's strange about this is that she had two paychecks that were just about to come in if she'd waited a few more days. So that, like, the timing of her disappearance doesn't make sense on a number of levels. She was... Yeah. Yeah, she's driving her shitbox 1996 vehicle with three cylinders. She's about to get paid. She's about to get a new car and she vanishes. A prism. (laughs) The fancy prism with a Z. Yeah, because... It's weird because the indication from her packing that much supplies would say, oh, she planned this. Well, and she... But if she planned it, then why didn't she just leave a week later? Yeah, that's just it. And she she emailed her teachers to say she'd be out of town for a couple of days. There was some plan, but, like, there was there's nothing that really suggests why would she would need to leave so imminently. She then drove to a liquor store and she blew 40 bucks on Bailey's, Kahlua, vodka, and a box of wine. So wherever she is, she has white uh, Russians. <laughs> she, she's just gonna make herself. She's not even. I bet she's not like. I bet she's gonna use like the Baileys to cauterize her wounds from fighting badgers. Why would you use Baileys? And she's just gonna drink the grape nail varnish again. <laughs> she has Baileys, Kahlua, vodka, and wine, and she's gonna pour the dairy-based one into her wounds. I don't know. She was a nursing student. Oh my god. Yeah, well, she's a nurse, the kind of nursing student who mixes wine with vodka. That's true. The Bailey's I'm not questioning her ability to treat to treat wounds and nurse. I'm questioning her ability to understand what goes in her mouth and what doesn't. <laughs> That's just a personal judgment. Also, is Bailey's Kahlua and vodka a white Russian or is that a mudslide? I don't Uh white Russian is milk and vodka. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know what she was making then. She was making something. But, you know, I'm sure no it was one delicious. appreciates No one appreciates like the fact that you're you're drinking a white russian, which is like a really badass sounding drink. I think it's everyone badass. just thinks you're drinking milk. Everyone just thinks you're drinking milk. Is that why you carry Unless you're me, in which case I'm actually drinking I milk. I have seen you pull a 1 gallon jug of milk out of your backpack out of nowhere on more than one occasion. <laughs> it's what I do. No response. All right. Um, (laughs) so when they found her vehicle, they also found the accident forms that she promised to pick up inside the car. So she either stopped to pick up the forms that day or she printed them off the website, which I don't know, 2004. I'm sure they could print forms back then. At 4.37 that day, she checks her voicemail. This is the last time she ever uses her cell phone. Um, she then heads north into the New Hampshire wilderness. So we don't actually know much about Mora's activities, between 4.37 and about 7 p.m. that evening. All that we know is that she ended up in New Hampshire. So, like, these numbers mean absolutely nothing to me, but they, they, they occur frequently on articles about the case. So she probably took Route 116 out of Amherst, got on U.S. Route 91 north. Her car was found on Route 112, which, like, again, this might mean something to you if you live in the area or drive along these routes in New England. They mean nothing to me. <laughs> Nothing. nothing. Literally nothing. Um, didn't help at all. So sometime after seven... You could be saying literally anything and then saying things that vaguely sound like 
addresses and directions. And I just go, yeah, uh-huh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. She was found on Route 112? Cool. She was found on Route 7,283? Okay. <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> just left of Beetlejuice? Sure, yeah, okay. That's fine. She went to space? That's a new conspiracy. <laughs> You're really good at this. So sometime after 7 p.m., I have theories. You have many theories. Uh, a couple in this tiny little town called Woodsville, New Hampshire. I, I put the abbreviation for the state in NH. I was like, what is that? What is that? Don't fuck this up. You're live. <laughs> state abbreviations don't come naturally to me. They hear a loud thump outside the window. And when they looked out, they saw Mora's sedan. Sedan. No, a Saturn is a sedan. They saw her Saturn launched in a snowbank pointing west on the eastbound side of the road. Um, there had clearly been some kind of accident, and so they phoned the police to report it at 7.27 p.m. Conscientious citizens all. Yeah, excellent citizens. I guess when you live in the middle of nowhere, though, it's sort of this, like, we'll talk about this in a future. I want to do I want to do an episode on psychological effects and biases, or depending on what order we air this in, I already did an episode on psychological effects Woo. and biases. Woo! Um, I want to do one on the bystander effect, wherein, like, when you have lots of people witnessing oh uh, yeah the kitty genovese yeah the, thing. the kitty genovese thing when you when you have a lot of people witnessing a situation nobody feels compelled to help when you live in a small town like this isn't even a small town this is houses on the side of a road when you live in rural nowhere everything is in your hands <laughs> like, yeah everything like, you, you definitely feel <laughs> yeah because you don't get the same diffuse responsibility. No, it's just like, no. this person is injured. Well, I'm the only person who can see I this help part them of the stretch of road. Or they die. Everything yeah, like, the light touches is my responsibility. Whereas, like, when you're living in the big city or, like, when you see an accident with, like, a hundred people around you, you only feel like one percent is responsible. And it's, you're just like, huh. That's a lot of blood. Somebody should really do something <laughs> about that. Oh, well, I gotta go to the <laughs> gym. Path of least resistance. So, yeah. you know, I yeah. I ended up, when I was driving as a young person Without before narcolepsy. I was diagnosed with narcolepsy, <laughs> um, and I, I had a flip phone, but, like, it was Shale's flip phone, my sister's flip phone, so I didn't have it with me. Right. I'm the older sibling, but they didn't trust me. I'm glad you um, specified it was your sister and not just, like, you were phoning a piece of rock. Yeah, like, I just, like, uh, like my, my parents raised me and a slab of river stone, <laughs> just a slab of sedimentary rock, and they trusted that more than they trusted me. <laughs> Actually, I can see it. <laughs> Admittedly, the rock never got lost on the side of the road. Anyway, it was quite snowy, and I ended up going off the road. Yeah. Not, not nothing really damaged me. I was in a, I, I had a, um, a Plymouth Voyager, which is a minivan. Oh, good. It did not have flame decals on the side, but I always wanted them. No, oh. you know. But uh, I ended up wandering down the road, and it was in the middle of the day, so nobody was home. Right. Everybody was working in the city, so I, I ended up. Uh, um, I may or may not have broken into a mobile home and used their phone to call my. <laughs> you mother. may or may not have. <laughs> oh, I, I, you, you've already told me off once this episode for self-incrimination. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not have. I'm gonna have to do this podcast alone when you go to fucking jail. Technically, this was. I. I don't think that I can be charged with this anymore. <laughs> it's, just, it's just as long as the statute of limitations is passed, we're good. Yeah, statute of limitations is passed. I definitely broke into someone's house, and I definitely used their phone to call my mom. That's the most small town thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I may have released their corgi. I feel bad. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I probably have, like, checked your background harder before I agreed to do a podcast with you. Yeah, yeah, amateur podcaster. You don't have the money to do a police background that check. That is entirely true. <laughs> but, I mean, what you're describing is actually... You don't know if there's warrants out for my name. Oh, well, you're, like, five hours away from me. It's fine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know your location. I can't be called to testify. If I tried. So Mora, it was determined since she was she was pointing west in the eastbound lane, but they figured out later that she had been traveling when she struck a tree, spun around, and lodged her car in a snowbank. So that's the accident. There was no second vehicle involved. And there was almost three feet of snow on the ground at the time. This is this is winter in New England. It's just snow and sadness. And you don't have to be 
particularly distracted at all to have this kind of thing happen to you. She says you have in snow on the road. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't judge me. <laughs> um, so hard. <laughs> when you are when you are an inexperienced driver, if you're just not used to driving very much out of town, if you get just slightly too close to the edge of the road, the snow will suck you into the ditch. Well, also if you're driving a car that's made out of duct tapes and wishes. Yeah, like if you if if your if your car is 90% super glue, rubber bands and hope, you might you might not want to do intercity in interstate, interstate travel. Interstate travel in a snowstorm is probably, well not a snowstorm, but interstate travel in the snow is probably not a great idea. Not a good idea. Um so there's actually like a weird point of controversy here which is during the phone call to police the neighbor faith westman reported that she saw a man in the vehicle smoking a cigarette um weird for a number of reasons mora was disgusted by cigarettes as you know a former i mean she's not really a former nursing student but as a current nursing student at the time she was disgusted by them and also like she wasn't a man which is sort of a big point um, Notably not a man. The Westmans don't agree on what they saw. The husband now believes that he saw a woman in the vehicle and that the red light from her cell phone looked like a lit cigarette. Conspiracy theorists have, like, grabbed onto this sticking point where, like, the, the wife in the police report originally said man with a cigarette. It was probably a case of mistaken identity. They were looking at a car accident from quite some distance away. And it was getting dark. Yeah, at twilight. And, I mean, like... Whatever she was wearing, she was reportedly wearing, I think, a hoodie when she vanished. Not particularly feminine. She was in the car. Um, and witness testimony is it's notably awful. unreliable. It's, it's notably shit. It's especially like you're looking, you know, like you're 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 just a bunch of people looking out their window from a distance, yeah. and you just see somebody in a car. Yeah. So probably just saw Mora with the cell phone light. But again, this is this is something that people have grabbed onto. Um, people who are like. On the spectrum of crazy, they're, like, somewhere between... I actually can't think of a rational theory right now off the top of my head, but they're 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 not quite as far as, like, Mora's fucking Bigfoot. They're, they're somewhere, like... I mean, well, don't say that. You don't left know. Left center. There's no evidence. There's no She's evidence. not. <laughs> By that logic, I mean... That's what they want you to think. Oh, God. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> They've got three children. <laughs> Beautiful. BF Junior. That's what all the shampoo was for. <laughs> That's what all the shampoo was for. She was taking it out to her 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 new lover in the woods. <laughs> um, so a different neighbor, uh, other than the Westmans, saw Mora's vehicle stuck in the snow with the hazard lights on, and they actually saw Mora walking around the vehicle. So like this is where the timeline becomes really important because Mora disappears in a very short window of time. So the first person on the scene was a neighbor named Butch Atwood who was driving a school bus because it's a small town. You drive the school bus home. Um, he, mm-hmm. I don't know what he was doing in a school bus at like 730 at night. But um, regardless. I find this suspicious. Man named Butch in a school bus. Good to go. Sure. Sure. Um, he- you had a reasonable reason to have a school bus. <laughs> Actually, my grandma lives out of town. She has like three and they're all dead school buses. Like that makes less sense. Than what I've been talking about. <laughs> like, my, my, my grandmother lives in among in a junkyard filled with the corpses of dead vehicles. Your life is fascinating. <laughs> um, Butch reported that Mora was alone in her... Gu- I turned out this way for a reason. Yeah, I blame, like, your entire lineage. <laughs> like, right down to the, like, ugly fish that flopped out of the primordial ooze. Like, that... <laughs> it was a particularly fucked up fish. <laughs> hey, we're both related to that fish, technically. That's true. We all have fish genes, and I I don't feel good about that. Um, so, but 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 I I I deny that my fish was a particularly ugly fish. I don't. I stand by that ugly fish. It was psychologically damaged, but it was handsome. <laughs> I will give you that. Um, so Mora apparently was alone in her car, and she was shaken, but she wasn't bleeding. And she didn't really seem to be unusual. Or unusual. I'm reading a headline. She didn't appear to be injured. She was in a car accident. That's unusual. What was unusual was that her hair was down. This is, again, like, people who are into this case are into the weird details. Mora was a West Point graduate. She wore her- Oh, yeah. Was her hair down or was it up? Okay. Not a sex thing, but thanks for trying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you make- I don't know. You have made several- This is, like, the fourth point of this case you've turned into a weird sex thing. 
But like, even if you look at images of Maura Murray, who bears an uncanny resemblance, um, oh my god, her name escapes me. Oh, I saw her live. What's her fucking name? Comedian. Amy Schumer? That's the one. She bears- What? I was right? You were right! (laughs) I was guessing! You got it. I was just being asinine! I think you're following me and that you go through my phone. (laughs) <laughs> i no i was just i was just like let's uh, let's be a dick and just guess random no, it. female it's, it's actresses Laura murray bears oh geez uncanny resemblance to amy schumer so she had a weird you're on your computer mouth. look up a look up Maura murray do it all do right it i right will now she lo- tell me Fine. that she doesn't resemble amy schumer um Maura Murray. And, like, the thing about her is that she's almost always photographed. Holy shit! I told you. I... She she does. <laughs> she's a brunette. Brunette Amy She's Schumer. a brunette Amy oh Schumer. Gosh. I swear to God. So, she is almost always photographed with her... Holy... You're gonna... While you're recovering... It's uncanny. It is, like, it's genuinely weird. Um, but she's photographed in casual photos. Like, in her official school portrait, she has her hair down. But in every extant photo of her that's just sort of a candid picture, she has her hair back. She wore her hair in a bun mm-hmm. every day of her life. She's a West Point graduate. So for her to be driving around with her hair down, apparently unusual enough to, to note that I don't know what they're trying to prove by it, that she was going crazy, that she was having, I don't know what they were trying to prove. But nothing more, uns- uh, no, no, no bigger sign of instability than a woman wearing her hair differently. Yeah, maybe we just judge women too much. <laughs> That's also, that's also possible. So this bus driver offers to call for assistance, and she- Who's the real victim here? I Maybe she just hit the tree so hard, her hair just exploded out of her bun. I don't think that's how (laughs) hair physics works, but you never know. (laughs) Like, 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 it's weird because, like, it's the kind of detail that could be easily explained, like, maybe her scrunchie snapped. But when you have such a strange case, you kind of grab on anything. Like, the bus driver tells her he's going to call for assistance, and she pleaded with him not to call the police. She said that she had already placed a call to AAA. Do you want to guess if she made that call? I'm going to say no. Yeah, no, there's there's no record of that call. Actually, there's no cell phone service at all in the area where the accident took place. She literally could not have called AAA, and he knew it. He knew that she was lying. Yeah, his name's um, Butch. He drives a school bus. He's got common sense. He's got some street smarts. Yeah, like, and when a woman tells him, don't call the police, it immediately twigs him that it's kind of (laughs) weird. Yeah. So he offered to let her stay at his house and wait for the police. His house is 100 yards away. It's not, like, in view of the accident, but it's pretty close. Yeah, he's a local. So he offers to let her come stay at his house 100 yards away until help arrive because it's cold and she's shivering. And she said, no, she's going to wait by her car for AAA to arrive. This might have been because she was intimidated. Like, in fairness... He's Atwood, Butch, and he is in a, in, a, in a school bus. He is over 350 pounds and incredibly tall. Wow, he does he, sound a, like a Butch. Yeah, he's a large man. So I, I can't entirely blame her for not wanting to get into a strange man's school bus and drive down the road with him. <laughs> I mean... But at the same time... And, like, she's just been in an accident. Yeah. So, like, she's, she's just, probably shook up. She's a little shaken up. Um, so she, she declines, and Atwoods drives to his house and attempts to dial 911. And it took him a couple times to get through, apparently, because the line was busy. So, like, if you're gonna have a heart attack, don't pick this particular town, I guess. I mean, like, statistically, loads of uh, emergency services are understaffed and underfunded, so, uh... Good luck. Call your, call your congressman. Good luck out there. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck out there. Um... But after Atwood leaves the scene, a nearby neighbor saw, quote, a flurry of activity at the car, including a person standing at the trunk of the car. Uh, There's not a lot of details as to what they actually saw, just that there was somebody outside the vehicle standing at the trunk. Um, And and, and it's weird describing a single person as a flurry of activity. activity. No, I mean, when you've you've got, like, an accident where somebody's just sitting passively in the car, I guess, like, opening a car door could be a flurry of activity. Also, like, this is a real small town. <laughs> I mean, like, this shit's slow. A single woman moving at a speed and, like, doing things must seem like quite a flurry. Atwood gets through to the police at 7.43 p.m. So, again, like, the previous people see the accident at 7.27 p.m. He see he drives past the accident. He, he talks to Mora. Drives 100 yards to his house, gets out of the bus, and is makes several attempts to get through. But he's on the phone to the police at 743. 
He spoke okay. to the yeah. He speaks to the operator from the front porch of his house, where you can see he. She kind of had this accident on a curve, which which makes sense as to why she slid into a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on a curve road, but he could see the road, but not the car because it was like it was a very sharp turn. The police arrive at the scene at seven forty six p.m. and by the time they get there, she's gone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fat, French, and Fabulous. We had so much to say about this case, and we talked for so long that we were forced to split this episode into two parts. So you'll have to join us next week if you want to find out more about this case, like what the police found inside Moramari's muffler at the scene of the accident, what the police did in the hours after her disappearance, and what happened with the only credible Maura Murray sighting since she vanished. So if you want to find out more details like that, you'll have to check out next week's part two episode. Be sure not to miss that. If you want to make sure that you find out right away when that's posted, be sure to subscribe to us. We are available on iTunes, Google Play, your favorite podcatching websites, SoundCloud, if that continues to be a service that doesn't go down, and wherever else you can find podcasts. We're also available on social media sites. You can find us on Twitter at FatFrenchFab. You can find me on Twitter at VeryBadLama or Jessica on Twitter at IAmNotAlungfish. Feel free to follow one of us or both of us. Our feelings won't be that hurt if you only follow one. Um, You can also find us on Facebook, Fat, French, and Fabulous. Just type it in. We should be there. And you can check out what we're up to and you can get updates on when the new episodes are up. Until then, thank you so much to everybody who listens, who subscribed, everyone who's written us a review. We are so grateful for all of your support and we will see you next week. 